What's up everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham coming at you today with a new episode of Talking Football as we head into the new week of the NFL. Treese is busy with work tonight. You know it is that holiday season. So with that come holiday parties and Christmas dinners. Some are expected, some are not. So Treese will not be joining me this episode as we preview week 14 of the NFL. But he's got plenty of opinions that I will be sharing with you guys. So no need to worry about not hearing from him this week. So I'll probably keep this kind of short and quick and get on with the day. Like I said, we are heading into that that holiday period where things are moving quickly. The NFL season is nearly coming to an end, which is crazy to think about. Teresa and I were talking about this off air. We are almost been recording for an entire year now, and our year mark might match our actual 100th episode. So we're probably going to try and sway things out to equal that 100th episode being the one-year mark. We might try and do that. We might not. It just kind of depend on how things play out. But like I said, it's crazy that we're at that point, and that's kind of how quickly everything has moved as we are now into week 14 of the NFL season. The playoff picture is starting to set itself up. We understand where teams are. We're understanding what teams are tanking. And there's some teams that we thought were tanking that are all of a sudden winning ball games. So we are at this point where it's coming to an end. We're understanding what's going to take place, but there's still going to be some things that surprise us and can honestly upset everything that we think we know is going to take place. So let's just go ahead and get right on into this. Our first game of the week, it's going to be the Cowboys versus the Chicago Bears. The Cowboys kind of having a disappointing season up to this point, an even record. They're, they just lost on Thanksgiving. Jerry Jones does not appear to be happy. He comes out with an interview and says Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next year. He did not say anything about coaching with the Dallas Cowboys. And then the Chicago Bears, Mitchell Trubisky, having a very disappointing season. You, If you're a Bears fan, you are not in a position of being excited for what you thought this season was going to be. I know we've talked to... We've talked someone into becoming a Bears fan this season, and I was talking to him on Twitter. You hate to see it, really. I mean, it just it comes into one of those things where you thought it was going to be a very promising season. Mitchell Trubisky, a Pro Bowl quarterback last year, comes in this year and is just doing the opposite of what he's good at. Trees touched upon it last episode. Last game, he just was not doing anything when he stepped out of the pocket. He was not taking the easy plays, getting those easy yards. So within that... Therese and I have both decided that the Cowboys, which are favored by three, going into Chicago, are going to win. We are both picking the Cowboys to win there. And then it is a Thursday night matchup. We do have our predictions here of player prop bets. Uh, Our first prop bet is Dak going for over 274 yards. It is set at 274. Would that go over or under? Therese is taking the over, and I'm going to take the under. I think this is one of those games with the defense and the Bears offense that the Bears offense is not going to get very far down the field. The defense will be able to make enough plays, and it will just be a short field for the Cowboys. So Dak's just not going to have those big passing numbers. It's going to be a short field. And Zeke, Teresa and I talked about this last episode as well. We did not see much of Zeke, even though we saw the early success. It doesn't make sense on what the Cowboys are doing and why they're doing it with Zeke. So I think this is a game where Zeke kind of makes up for everything the last couple weeks and has a big one. Zeke, speaking of him, actually, is set for the over-under of 87 yards. Therese and I are both taking the over here. The reasoning is of what I just said. I expect this to be a big game for him. Last week, we just didn't see it, and it wasn't making any sense on what the Cowboys are doing. 
Back to the receiving aspect. There's Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Um, they are set at a receiving for Cooper, set at 75 yards. Trees and I are both taking the over here. Yes, I've mentioned that the Cowboys are going to have a short field. They're going to need to throw to somebody. Why not Amari Cooper? He's another guy who has had somewhat of a disappointing last couple weeks. He hasn't been as productive. He was targeted quite a bit last game, but it just wasn't anything where you're going, okay, the Cowboys are rolling. They're definitely going to win this division, and they're going to make some noise into the playoffs. They're just one of those teams that's just kind of coasting right now. They win a big one, they lose a big one. They win a big one, lose a big one. So we're not really sure where they are at this point in the season like we thought we would know where everyone else is next Gallup set at 60 60 yards Treese is taking the under and I am taking the under as well and the reasoning is if Cooper's getting the receptions and it's a short field and Zeke's running I think it's just going to be a big three matchup for the Cowboys with Dak Zeke and Cooper Gallup just kind of misses out on the edge there but I would not be surprised to see him have a big play and just kind of erupt and break that 60 yard mark with Mitchell Trubisky his passing yards are set at 239 yards. He had a big game in the yardage-wise last year, throwing over 300, or for last week, excuse me, throwing over 300 yards. But they still come up with, they still win. But it was kind of a sloppy win against the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. Now we are here with Mitchell Trubisky, 239 yards on Thursday night against the Cowboys, back-to-back -back Thursday games for both of these guys. I'm taking the over. I expect him to do enough with this. I think the Cowboys defense will be difficult, but it's going to be that end of the game where he's just getting out garbage time throws and they're kind of getting down the field. I don't expect this to be a close game, and I don't expect it to honestly be very much of a good game. I hope that it is, but I just really don't see that taking place. So I'm taking Mitchell Trubisky with the over of 239. Therese is taking the under. Going to Montgomery, his rushing yards are set at 54. Trees will be taking the over, and I will be as well. I think this is a big game for Montgomery. I think this is a game where he kind of gets back on track with the Bears. I think this is when they go, hey, we're not doing so hot in the running game. We haven't been as effective in it. Let's get back to it, and let's just figure out what we can do, get some easy throws for Mitch, and just keep producing from there. With Robinson and Miller, they're both set at receiving for tonight. We have Robinson at 68. Patrice is taking the over. I am taking the under. I just don't expect him to have as big of a game here. But for Miller, he stepped up last week. I think he continues that. Patrice has the under. I have the over. So we got some differences there. And this personally might just be a week where I'm able to kind of catch up on our overall prop bets where I'm just not doing so hot. And Patrice is just smoking me in every category. He's just kind of winning. He's pretty good at this whole betting thing. So you got to give him props there. That's hard for me to say. Trees, I know you're listening. I'll just say it again. You're really good at the betting, and I'm just not so hot. If I don't catch up to you this year, I'm getting you next year. Let's go ahead and put some money on it. That's for sure. So with the rest of the Week 14 matchups, we are going to go ahead and start with our first matchup on Sunday, which is the Los Angeles Chargers being favored by three against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers a team that everyone thought was going to win the AFC West. They were the favorites heading into this year as well. And then the injury bug kind of caught them. Their offensive line's not as good. Darwin James getting injured, that put kind of a damper on things. So now the Chargers are kind of sitting here with, hey, we got James back. Darwin James, excuse me, I believe I just said Darwin. I meant Derwin there. We got James back. We're heading into this week. We're playing the Jaguars. The Jaguars are messed up. They're, they've gone from Gardner Minshew to Nick Foles, from Nick Foles to Gardner Minshew, and here we are. 
And so Therese is taking the Chargers to win this game with them being favored by three, but I'm actually taking the Jaguars. I don't know if Therese is kind of sticking with the Jaguars losing or if he just thinks the Chargers cover in a close game. But I'm taking the Jaguars to win. Therese does have something to say about this. He is glad to have Minshew Mania back. I understand that. He was kind of not necessarily criticized, but mentioned, hey, we're paying Nick Foles this money. Let's see what he can do. The offense looked good week one, that drive when he was there. He's got more experience than Minshew. It'll just happen. But then Minshew comes in this last week after Nick Foles is benched and does a pretty all right job. He doesn't do anything fantastic. He doesn't bring them back to a W. But you saw the offense kind of take another step with Minshew. And that's exactly what I think the Jaguars can do here against the Chargers, a team that is just not living up to the hopes that was set for them at the beginning of the year. So here we are, like I said, Trees taking the Chargers, me taking the Jaguars. Our next game, the Carolina Panthers versus the Atlanta Falcons. Ron Rivera was just fired by the Panthers. Their new owner, second year owning the team, comes out and says, I think this is part of what we need to do to get this culture reset and be heading the, and keep the franchise moving in the right direction. Kind of a quick summary of what he said. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, a team that Trees put a lot of money on, a team that we both thought was going to make a difference this year, and that injury bug just hit them quick. Speaking of the, uh, the firing of Ron Rivera, Trees says that this week there's going to be a few big losses this weekend from teams that's probably going to turn, that's going to make things turn into a Black Monday for a few coaches and coordinators, meaning they're going to be fired. We're going to see a lot more coaches and coordinators fired this next Monday now that we've seen Revere being fired because other teams are going to follow suit. They're going to go, do you know what? This is the time to do it. Let's find out what who's going to become available if we just release them now. We're already at the end of the year. We're not making the playoffs. We're not where we want to be. Now's the time to move on. Give them plenty of time to find a new job and give us plenty of time to look for a new candidate before we head into the offseason for free agency, the draft, scouting, all that. You know what I'm talking about. So with this matchup for the Panthers and the Falcons, Trees and I are both taking the Panthers. They just fired Rivera. There's a lot of, you know, kind of discomfort among the players. You know, the all the love for Rivera was shown over social media this last week. Cam Newton's having surgery on his ankle. There's a potential possibility of him just being out the rest of the year of what he already is. He's just going to have surgery. Call it. That's just officially it. And the Panthers are going to move forward. The Falcons, they're done. We saw the game against the Saints. It was not pretty. They're going to play the Panthers. I don't see them winning. They're favored by three. It's just not going to happen. We'll move on from that. The Baltimore Ravens are playing the Buffalo Bills this week. The Ravens are favored by five and a half points and playing the Bills in Buffalo. Trees and I, we've been somewhat closet fans of the Buffalo Bills, and now we gotta we gotta come out right now. Like we gotta come out and say, hey, we are Buffalo Bills fans. We have been talking about them all offseason. We've been talking about them all year. We've been predicting it and look, it's here. Everyone's talking about it. All the attention is there. I even did it on a weekly recap of week 13. I said there is a possibility of the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC East. For the first time in 24 years, the, a the Bills have not won the AFC East since 1995. 1995 was the last time the Buffalo Bills won the AFC East. Now, right now what we're seeing has just been a clear dominance by the New England Patriots with a sputter of the Miami Dolphins and a sputter of the New York Jets. 
And that's just been about it. Since 2009, the AFC East has been owned by the New England Patriots. And this game is going to be huge in determining who wins the AFC East. Because the Chiefs and the Patriots play, and then the Ravens and the Bills play. And this comes to a big key game here with the Ravens and the Bills. A game that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on as I travel back from Atlanta this Sunday. As the Ravens are favored by 5.5. Because whoever wins this game can change up the rankings in the AFC. If the Ravens lose and the Bill and the Patriots lose, that's going to change the rankings. The Chiefs might move, I mean maybe they don't move up, but it's going to there's going to be a difference and heads are going to start turning and more attentions are going to go on the AFC on the AFC right now. So, back to this game here. The Ravens, they're favored by 5 and a half against the Buffalo Bills. Trees is picking the Bills to win this game. He has something to say here for this game and it is that everyone thought that the Bills made a statement on Thanksgiving when they beat the Cowboys. He goes, wait until Sunday when they take down the Ravens. I'm going to repeat that. Everyone thought the Buffalo Bills made a statement by beating the Cowboys on Thanksgiving afternoon, but just wait until they beat the Ravens. So, so Therese is taking the Bills to win this game as the Ravens are favored by 5.5. I think the Ravens win this game, but I think it's going to be close. I think the Ravens' defense, their secondary is just too good. It's going to be a close game, and Josh Allen's going to make a mistake. There's going to be an interception, whether it's from Humphreys or Peters or Thomas in the back. Something's going to happen, and there's going to be a drop ball, a deflection. It's going to be intercepted, and that's going to be the game. But it's going to be a close one, and the excuse me, and the Bills are going to earn a lot of respect this week. But I just don't see the Bills coming on top. I hope this doesn't happen. I would love to see the Bills win. I know I just went on a huge tangent there about being Bills fans and we're predicting this, but this game against the Ravens and seeing what Lamar Jackson has been doing to everyone across the league, it's just hard to go against it at this point in the year. Our next matchup, the Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are favored by eight at home, and Teresa and I are both picking the Bengals. Maybe we're not picking them to win, but we're definitely picking them to cover because the Browns beating anyone by eight right now just doesn't seem promising. OBJ is not having the season that he thought. There's some reports. I don't know if they're uh, certified. I don't know if they're certainly approved. I don't know if they're verified reports here, but it's just the idea that OBJ is not happy and wants out of Cleveland. Whether these are starting small from unverified people and then grow into being verified people talking about this, that topic's there. And it's something that I I ultimately believe as well. He's having the worst season of his career statistically wise outside of the years that he's been injured. And that's just not what you want to see as OBJ. Like you come here to Cleveland, you get traded, you're with your best friend who's having a better season than you and has been outperforming, whether that's the relationship that him and Baker uh, cured last year and it's just not happening with OBJ or it just feels forced to him when Baker looks his way. I just don't know what it is, but it's not working. So I'm picking the Bengals to beat the Browns. Maybe not beat, but at least cover against the Browns here. So that's what Teresa and I are both doing. Andy Dalton being back. Joe Mixon getting going. That defensive line had a big game last week. I think they continue that this week, and it's going to be an exciting, somewhat of an exciting game of a division rival of the AFC North. Our next matchup, the Redskins are going to Green Bay to face the Packers where they are favored by 13. The Packers are favored by 13, and I'm just going to take them. I kind of bragged about them on this last episode on how the Redskins' defensive line looked good. They looked better. Even without Kerrigan being there, it was kind of weird to see how much better they were after he missed his first start. And however so many games, Treese brought that up. It was an interesting fact. 
but this Packers defense is going to be aggressive. Their secondary has looked good, and we've seen this, and we've seen the pass rush between the Smith brothers. Even though they're not related, we're just going to call them the Smith brothers. We understand it. We're moving forward there. Aaron Rodgers has a big game against this weak secondary of the Redskins, and I think they just blow them out of the water. So our next matchup, the NFC North division game of the Detroit Lions traveling to Minnesota to face the Vikings, where the Vikings are favored by 13. Therese is taking the Lions to at least cover. I don't know if he's taking them to win. But he's taking him to at least cover, and I really don't understand because he has just done nothing but pretty much shit on the Detroit Lions the last couple weeks. He's just saying they need to blow it up. They got nobody. It's time to move on. Their team is not what they should be. I've been saying they got somewhat of foundation pieces. They just need to grow from it, even if the foundation pieces are not being as productive this season. So with that being said, I'm going to take the Vikings. They are a very complete team. Kirk Cousins has played well. They lost in prime time. Okay, that's not Kirk Cousins' fault. That defense didn't look so hot. But this team is still a complete team. They got players. It's just going to depend on let's make the plays and let's make it happen. Let's not make mistakes. I think the Vikings do that. They bounce back and they get a big win here against the Lions and they keep trucking forward within the NFC. Our next matchup is a huge one. This is a huge game this afternoon on Sunday where the San Francisco 49ers are traveling to the New Orleans Saints, where the Saints are only favored by two and a half. Therese is taking the Saints to win, or at least have the cover of two and a half, but I'm taking the 49ers. I don't think that they're happy with the way they lost last week against the Ravens. That was a close game. It was bad weather. They had traveled all the way across the states. You literally go from San Francisco to Baltimore, and you play in that type of weather. It's just hard to kind of overcome that. The running game was good. But they were just they just things didn't fall the way that game. So this is an opportunity for them to make that up. It's not that the Saints have been playing bad because they've been playing great. But now you give the 49ers an opportunity to play inside a dome, clean weather. They've already been over there for a week. They're fine. They'll be okay. They're used to being on the East Coast now. I think they come in and kind of surprise some people. I think they beat the Saints. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a fun game. And I'm going to take the 49ers to win. Moving on to a game that might be somewhat of a snooze fest out of an AFC East matchup is going to be the Miami Dolphins playing the New York Jets, where the Jets, surprisingly, are favored by 5.5. A team that's clearly been tanking all season, and the Miami Dolphins have somehow won three games. Tree said that they were going to mess it up, and they were going to fuck up, and only win two. Well, they've done, they fucked up even more and won three. Devontae Parker had a massive game last week. I'm talking massive. He had over six catch. He had six catches, over 125 yards, and then four of those catches were just absolutely stunning. His size has been going. He's quietly having the best year of his career. I know Landry's not there. They traded stills, but they've gone to Parker and he's answered the tone. He's answered the door and done exactly what they needed. And he's heading into however many years of being in the NFL, but it's nice to see him finally put his skill and his size to use in the nfl now next year depending on whoever his quarterback is whether it's fitzpatrick whether it's rosen or someone at the dolphins draft whatever quarterback they go with early in round one can be the difference maker for parker continuing up this type of play now back to the game jets and the dolphins Therese has the dolphins at least covering i don't know if he's picking them to win but he has them at least covering this is a game for the Jets that I think is Le'Veon Bell's game. I think this is a game where he comes in and just tears it up. The offensive line is atrocious. It's falling apart. They're injured. That defense, they just put their star linebacker on injured 
excuse me, on injured reserve. So you don't like to see that as a Jets fan. Your team, Sam Darnold, has looked okay the last couple weeks. He's been more on point. Not as many mistakes. Not as many stupid interceptions is what it's just truly, really been the last couple weeks. He's not. It doesn't seem as he's seeing as many ghosts, which is good. But still, the Jets. There's a question mark there on what they ultimately need to be good. There's just so many things. But I'm taking them to win. I, five and a half. I don't think it's a hard thing for them against the Dolphins. I think they have a couple big plays. I think Sam Darnold makes a couple moves and kind of gets attention. People going, okay, this is Sam Darnold, the future of the Jets. This is it. This is the reason he was picked where he was. Jets are going to be fine moving forward with him. Now, our next matchup, the Indianapolis Colts are traveling to Tampa Bay where the Bucks are favored by two and a half. I understand that they're home, and that's usually why they're favored, and it's usually favored by three, but they are favored by two and a half. And I just don't see them covering. They looked good last week. Jameis Winston wasn't making as many mistakes. Their running game was effective, mainly off of the turnovers, the short field. All you got to do is pound the rock a couple times. You're in the red zone. Pray to God Jameis Winston doesn't fuck it up. And then you can just run the ball back into the end zone. And that's exactly what they did. They found success in that. And the Colts, not so much last week because they had turnovers against the Tennessee Titans, blocked field goals where the Titans special teams has just looked fantastic, honestly. I don't know how they're doing it, but boy, are they. And that's just good for the Titans. But this game with the Colts and the Bucks, the Bucks being favored by two and a half, Therese and I are both agreeing that the Buccaneer, or excuse me, that the Colts are going to redeem themselves for last week and they're going to get the W in Tampa and they're going to keep moving forward in that AFC South. There's going to be a close race on who ultimately wins it outside of the Texans unless the Texans just fall apart this part of the season and everyone else starts winning. So we're both taking the Colts to win. Our next matchup, speaking of AFC South and the Texans, the Texans are staying at home, favored by nine, playing against the traveling Denver Broncos where Drew Locke's probably going to be getting his second start as he's starting for the rest of the year. So, you liked the way he played last week. There's not really any film on Drew Locke outside of college. We don't know how he's grown throughout the season, but he did look smooth. He looked better in the pocket. He made the right plays. He was setting his feet a lot on his throws, and that's good, and that's exactly what you want to see as a Broncos fan with Drew Locke coming in, sitting out a majority of the season with that thumb injury. Good for him to have his first two first touching, throwing touchdowns in the NFL now he travels to Tech to Houston, excuse me here, and let's just see what he does. But with the Texans being favored by nine and seeing what they did last week against the Patriots, it's just hard to not think that they don't do the same thing, if not worse, against the Denver Broncos and their team. So that's why I'm going to take the Texans favored by nine, and Therese is doing the exact same thing. Deshaun Watson looked great. DeAndre Hopkins is getting better the rest of the years that's gone on. Not that he's had a bad season. It just hasn't been as productive of what we're kind of used to seeing from him. And that's just kind of part of it and where it's gone. I like, them, I like seeing the Texans get Kenny Stills more involved. Fuller, he's just got to come down with some more catches. And I think they're going to be absolutely deadly once it comes to playoff time for the Texans because they have weapons everywhere. And their defense is kind of starting to be built around their secondary. We are starting to see the Texans have more of a secondary of fear instead of their pass rush and J.J. Watt. We're not seeing that as much from the Texans this year, and it's different. It really is. But that's what you need heading into the playoffs for the Texans. Your team is getting on track. You're doing good. Just keep it turning. Keep it rolling. Beat the Broncos on to next week. Our next matchup, the rest of the AFC South where the Tennessee Titans are favored by two and a half, traveling to Oakland to face the Raiders. And I originally 
had the Raiders here, but I'm going to have to go with the Titans, and Treese is doing the same thing. So pretty much Treese has picked every AFC South team to win except for his Jacksonville Jaguars again. I don't understand that. It's what Treese does. It's his decision-making. I can't question it too much because he's beating me in the bet. It's just... <coughs> excuse me. It's just flat out the truth there. So good for Treese. Titans being favored by two and a half going to the Raiders. We saw the mistakes I made against the Kansas City Chiefs. The running game looked good, but it also a running game that's looked good is the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, his tree trunks have just turned into power logs, and he is running over everybody. We are in the month of December, and this is just Derrick Henry's season. I expect him to have a big game. I think Tannehill has officially earned that job as the Tennessee Titans quarterback moving forward, and they will just roll over the Raiders in Oakland and keep it trucking. Our next game is a big matchup for me here with the Chiefs traveling to New England where the Patriots are favored by three. And I'm taking the Chiefs, and so is Treese. I wanted to pick the Patriots and go with the, and go against the Karma deal and just say, hey, you know what? I'm not worried about it. It's fine. I'll pick the Patriots, hope the Chiefs win. But no, I think the Chiefs are a complete team. Their defense is looking good. Their secondary has looked honestly very impressive their pass rush is good their linebackers they're figured out which personnel is in what situations and it's clicking and that's good for them and when you go to the new england patriots and you look at their team you see that they don't have any receivers outside of julian edelman and a couple plays from Nikhil harry other than that the receivers aren't getting separation there's nothing to really fear the running game is good but if the chiefs get an early lead the Patriots are going to be forced to throw and i just don't think they have enough talent on their offense schematically personnel wise to beat that chiefs defense that offensive line for the patriots has not been impressive it's not been what we've used to what we are used to seeing from the new england patriots as of late with having an impressive offensive line and just protecting tom brady and him having all day i think you put colin saunders you put chris jones you put um frank clark okafor tono passino a guy that stepped up massively this year and i think we just see these guys make plays some people are going to go why did he say colin saunders first because it's a rookie who's been making plays in the run game and in the passing i think this is a game where he gets that interior pressure and it makes some noise and it kind of messes with tom brady as his center went down last week i don't know the actual injury report on if his starting center is going to be playing or not but if he's not that's going to be good for the Chiefs, and that's and they're just going to keep moving. We know what their offense is. We know what that Patriots defense is. It's going to be interesting to see who the Patriots take away. What first option? Is it Tyreek Hill? Is it Travis Kelsey? And then who steps up in place of it? What running back's going to have a big game? Spencer Ware's coming off free agency. The Chiefs brought him in for a workout. They signed him. What does he do this game? What type of performance does he have for the Chiefs heading into this point of December not playing all year? We know what Spencer Ware is, but it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens this week. And it's a game I'm clearly going to be watching as it's a 325 Eastern. I don't think there's any way they flex it into Sunday night game, which I think would be a good idea, but it's probably just not likely going to happen. So within that, speaking of it, we're taking the Chiefs, Treese and I both, to cover against the Patriots being favored by three in in New England. So our next game is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cardinals. The Steelers are favored by, by two and a half going into Phoenix. And Treese is taking the Steelers. I'm going to assume it's because of how well their defense has been and how good Duck and Mr. James Washington have looked the last couple weeks as they've been connecting deep. I think that does take place for them going forward, but this Cardinals defense hasn't been as bad either. Their secondary is not great. 
but their defensive line has gotten pressure. You're playing a young quarterback. I think you can do enough to confuse him and get pressure and kind of disrupt things. But I know Treese is taking this because of the Steelers' defense and Kyler Murray, who hasn't looked good the last couple weeks and has honestly been thrown around like a rag doll. You go back and watch that game of him playing the Rams, and it's not a good look. It's not a good look at all on what happened with Kyler Murray against that Rams defensive line. But it's just something he's going to have to learn, something that I think he it's a lesson that was learned. And this is the game where he makes up for it and goes, hey, I saw what happened last week. I'm not going to let it happen again. We're fine. Let's go. Cardinals, I have them winning this game against the Steelers. Therese is picking the Steelers, who are favored by two and a half. Our next matchup is an even spread of the Seahawks and the Rams. This is another even game for the Seahawks and the Rams here. And Therese and I are both picking the Seahawks. I just don't see any way that the Rams win unless everything absolutely goes their way. Unless Todd Gurley gets going early on the run game, whether Jared Goff is making the right reads, where schematically Sean McVay is just back to his genius ways. But I'm just not seeing it. I just think that the Seahawks are on a roll. They're looking great. And the Rams, they're just not. You beat the Cardinals. Congratulations. Now you got to go play the Seahawks. It's like you play high competition, you play low competition, and you play high competition again. I know I said last episode that the Rams playing the Cardinals was good for them, kind of a reset game, getting everything back on your feet and get things going as you head into the end of the year at a chance for a wild card. I just don't see it happening this week against the Seahawks. I think they come out with a big win. It's going to be a good game, but we're both taking the Seahawks here. Our next matchup and our last game of the week is the New York Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles, where the Eagles are favored by 9.5. The Eagles are favored by nine and a half facing the New York Giants. The Giants, Daniel's sitting out, so Eli Manning is going to be getting the start. Daniel Jones will not be playing because of an ankle injury. Eli Manning is getting the start. Eagles are favored by nine and a half. Therese is taking the Eagles with that spread against the Giants. I'm going with the Giants. Whether they win or lose, I do not see them losing by nine and a half points. This Eagle team has not looked that good. Eli Manning's going to come out with some vengeance. Go, hey, I still got some left in the tank. I'm fighting for a job at least next year to go play somewhere and make some more money and continue my NFL career. Even if it's, excuse me, even if it's not New York, I do see the Giants at least covering the spread of nine and a half against the Eagles. I don't understand the nine and a half. I don't know where it's coming from. I'm sticking with the Giants here. I think they find out a way to come up with this. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be an interesting week. There's a lot of big games. There's a lot of big games this week on kind of that can reset the pace of some teams, kind of get teams back on momentum, or it can just take away everything they've built up. In a couple of these games, like we've already discussed, the Ravens and the Bills, that's a huge matchup. The 49ers and the Saints, that's another huge game. The Chiefs and the Patriots, Seahawks and the Rams, and then the Giants and Eagles isn't a huge one, but it's a questionable game that you're going to have to watch because the Cowboys just haven't looked that great against the this year so it's the eagles and the cowboys in the nfc east and the cowboys are playing the team with a good defense and the eagles are playing a team that hasn't looked that well but has been promising at times for their future so it's going to be an interesting week i'm excited to see what happens and what takes place i'm sure there's going to be plenty for us to talk about next tuesday so until then trees will be joining me next episode i hope you guys all have a great week safe travels we appreciate you for listening and as always today i have been talking football
Thank you.